truth be told, we helped the wrong person steal the wrong thing. We didn't mean to unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known. But we're gonna fix it. So how do we pull that off? Uh... Figure it out over a drink? Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is a beautiful Friday morning. We're coming to you live, pre-recorded. We're not live at all. I'm kidding. I'm your co-host for the episode, Kyle. And I'm the other half of this partnership, Cassidy. And this is Date Date Night. So we're back with Fantasy February. We are continuing the Fantasy Month. And this is sort of like something that happened on accident. We didn't like plan this out. Cass was like, oh, I'm going to pick Lord of the Rings. I had my movie picked out, but then... I realized, oh, Fantasy February. We could just, like, make it a thing. So we switched gears, and I decided to pick the movie we're going to talk about today. But before we get into that, we had sort of, like, a date day. Yeah, so we had a date day this Saturday. We drove to Bangor for our nephew. He's not really, he's not, <laughs> he's not really our nephew. He's one of our, be- like, best friends' kid. We, and we call ourselves Annie and Uncle. So he's our nephew. So we went to his birthday. He turned two. It was at the Bangor Children's Museum. I tried to convince Kyle to have a baby with me. Oh Um, my god. (laughs) Yeah. But no, Kyle was so excited. He picked Knox's present out all by himself. And Kyle, I need you to say, what did Knox do when he opened your present? Oh man, he screamed. He did. It was the best best gift-giving experience I've ever had. Yep. He turned two, <laughs> and I didn't really expect... I mean, either two, you know what I mean? Like, two-year-olds, like, I don't know. I've never really been around around a lot of two-year-olds, so I don't know how they react to things. But when he screamed, I was like, okay, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that's a good sign. Yep. That he actually likes it. And it was a good sign, because a couple days later, his mom sent me a video of him playing with the toy Kyle got him, and said he yeah. loved it. Kyle got him a bluey... Dollhouse. Yeah, it's like a, I don't know, I think that's the best way to describe it. It's a bluey playhouse. It's like the structure of their home from the TV show. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think it's 17 inches tall, 30 inches wide. And it like sings the theme song when you hit certain buttons. And it comes with like the little characters. And I had a hard time uh, only buying one because I wanted one for myself. <laughs> so I was like, well, if I too, I can have one and Knox can have one. And then I won't be so jealous. Yep. Uh, kids' toys are so much cooler these days than when we were kids, okay? They come with much cooler <laughs> shit and they look better. And Bluey's just awesome. So I was like, I don't know. I wanted to buy him all the Bluey stuff. Yeah. I like called Cass in the aisle and I was like, okay, they have a car. I'm buying him this house. But should I also buy him the car? Because if you have a house, you kind of need the car, right? And Cass was like, I don't think you need to do that. I think he'll be okay with the house. Which, I mean, the car, would, you know, it would have been all, it would have been overkill. But I was like, I mean, I don't know. So I just went with the, I went with the house and he enjoyed that. So it was fine. Yeah. And his, his mom, Taylor, she said that um, she's already looking for add-ons. Oh, hell so yeah. shopping around for add-ons for the Bluey They house, got the so. beach house that comes with like a toilet. They've got the they've got a couple cars that come with all the little characters. I mean, they have tons of stuff out there for Bluey. Yep. Which is like my favorite show of all time. So <laughs> there's that. But uh, yeah, it was at the Children's Museum, which 
I grew up in the town next to Bangor. I grew up in Hamden. And so the Children's Museum was like a go-to thing that you just did as a kid. And this was my first time going there since like my sophomore or junior year of high school. And so I honestly thought it would be decrepit or I don't know, just different. And there are some like major differences. They've added like houses in one of the little play areas. But for the most part, it was like mostly the same, just like updated to look nicer. Uh-huh. And I was shocked. I was shocked. I didn't realize people still went to the children's museum. I thought that thing was dead. <laughs> no, I people still go to the children's museum, babe. I know it's like you, like you, you don't have a kid, so you don't realize it. But it's probably right. like just as when I was growing up, it's the best place to take your kid for like hours and like let them tucker themselves out. You know right. what I mean? Oh man! But it was just it was such a fun experience to like see it through the lens of like an actual child again. Because yeah. they were having a blast, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I remember having so yes, much fun they here were, like, as a kid, running from thing to thing. Yeah, and they have like this little miniature baseball field inside, and that's where I spent a lot of my time as a kid. <laughs> and they have like a little aquarium that, like, uh, it's not an aquarium. I don't know why I said that. It's like a little table full of water, and like yeah. you build dams and shit. So, like in a it. water table. Yeah, it's like a water table, and it was just oh, so much fun. Brought back a lot of memories. I spent a lot of time at the children's museum, so I was glad to see it was like thriving. And they added like a reptile section. Yeah. They had a shit ton of, like, turtles and, like, lizards and stuff. That was weird. That made me sad. I watched a turtle try to escape the tank for, like, two minutes while Kyle went to the bathroom. I don't think it was, I don't think it was, like, terribly sad. Because, like, they're he turtles. He was scratching at but... the glass. He wanted out, man. I don't know if he wanted out. I think he might have been, like, struggling to get up on one of the rocks. And was like, oh, my fucking God. How do I get out of here? I need yeah, help. I can't, can't get himself. out of the water. <laughs> yeah. oh. Probably didn't help. You were standing there staring at him. And you're like, look at all this freedom I have. <laughs> I can move my arms freely and not hit a person. I wanted to help him. Cute little turtle guy. Yeah. But that was cool. They had All of them had little names. It was super fun, super cute. And it was just, like... A quick little birthday party. And yeah. it's what's hilarious is that, like, he won't remember any of this except for the pictures that he took. Yes. It was so funny. He had a little camera he was running around with, and he's, like, taking pictures of everything. And it was so stinking cute. <laughs> but I was like, how funny is it that he's not going to have memories of this, but he's going to look back on the photos that he took as a two-year-old. Yeah. And one of the funniest things was he kept asking to take a picture of his birthday cake. And when they gave him the camera, he put his finger over the lens and started taking a picture. And I was like, that's going to come out with just like uh, the, the glare of like a finger, finger on it, which is so cute. <laughs> it was so fun. But yeah, I just, I mean, it, it, I had a blast. I thought it was a great time. Yeah. And then fun. we had pizza in the car because we weren't going to be home in time to cook and like do anything else. So we stopped yeah. and got a pizza on the way home and ate it in the car. Yeah, <laughs> That's we what did. we did. That was our date night. Date night, baby. <laughs> that was date night. But stay tuned, because this weekend we're actually doing something pretty fun. Yes, we are. This is sort of our Valentine's Yeah, it's Valentine's weekend thing. Day weekend. Yeah. And I know it's something... like the weekend before Valentine's, but we're going to do it now. We're doing something fun. Something, yeah. you know, a little different. A little more romantic, would you say? Yeah. We're yeah. going to get romancing. Yeah. But listen, I could talk about romance all day. <laughs> no, you could That's a whole other <laughs> podcast we could have. We could have a podcast about romance. But we don't, and so we're gonna move on I, to our. I begged to differ. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to our next topic, which is what we're doing and why we're doing Once it. Once the dead man is revived, we can ask him five questions. At which point he will die again, mm-hmm. never to be re-revived. Were you killed in the Battle of the Everhorse? Yes. Four more questions, right? Yes. No, no, no. That w- that wasn't for you. Did that count as a question? Yes. Damn it. Only answer when I talk to you. 
Okay? Yes. Why did you say okay at the end of that? I didn't. Fantastic. So to continue the theme of Fantasy February, I picked Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Honor Among Thieves. I said Honor Among Steve. I'd like to have one thief, please. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, I picked that mainly because we actually watched this at an early screening. Yeah. Like two weeks before it came out in 2023. And we're going to do an episode on it, but we had to wait until the uh, actual release date. And by then, we had lost all steam and hadn't seen it in two weeks. Yes. So we like, kind of forgot what it was about. And so we didn't even try to record that episode. So this is like a, a lost episode with like an asterisk next to it. Because I know we <laughs> talked about the Mario uh, epi- uh, episode that was lost a few weeks ago. And so I was like, why not continue the theme and just go Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember originally thinking when we watched this, I have... No clue about Dungeons and Dragons. I know absolutely jack shit. So I'm hoping this lands and pays off. And I'm not sure if it was because of like the early screening and everyone was just really energized to be there. Yeah. But I mean, the theater was electric too. Like people were losing it in the theater, and I could tell other people were having fun, which was great. And even before it, there was I don't know if you remember this, but I'll never forget it. There was that guy sitting three or four rows in front of us with the girl with the elf ears. She had like elf ears on. And they were talking about their characters in Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, so this is like an experience for a lot of people. And I'm missing out on half of it. You know what I mean? I was like, maybe I should get into Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) 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 Don't make that sound. You'd play with me if I asked. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. Maybe because I'm getting into my fantasy phase. That's what I like to hear. I like to hear that. I want you to get even more into your fantasy phase. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. So, I mean, we could learn together. I don't think I have the imagination for it. Hmm. I yeah. don't know if I do. I don't know about that either. <laughs> Kyle's imagination is like no other. He can play date, by himself for hours. <laughs> I daydream. <laughs> that's another podcast we can get into. Uh, no, I just, I daydream constantly. So I think that's probably why it's a lot easier for me. I just am yeah. always like, hmm, if Pokemon were real. <laughs> You're right. Kidding. And I feel like that's why I like reading better because it, I kind of need the guidance into mm. that stuff. I don't know if mm. I can make it up myself, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about and why we're talking about it. It's Fantasy <laughs> February. This is on three different streaming services that we have. It's on uh, Paramount Plus, it's on Prime Video, and it's on MGM Plus. And I have all three of them. So I was like, fuck it. Why rent a movie? Why go to the movie theater when we have a fantasy movie right here that we haven't talked about that we were supposed to talk about? Yeah. So here we are, talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Now I'll be friends. Oh, let's celebrate lasses and lads. Where once we're contenders. Now I'll be friends. Let's celebrate lasses. Celebrate lasses. Celebrate lasses. Celebrate lasses. What's going on? What's going on? My foot is stuck. Concentrate. I think they're starting to get suspicious. So one of the first things I mentioned was not knowing jack shit about Dungeons and Dragons going into this. And so I have written down in my notes. Um, does a good job of letting you into the world of D&D, but I still think I missed so many of the references because I don't know anything about D&D. So I think if I had a little bit of knowledge, I would have had even more fun. Mm-hmm. But I think they do such a good job 
of telling you the important details and doing exposition in a fun way where it's like, you know, they have to go to the graveyard and ask these corpses five questions and you get a backstory that way. You get, um, I think his name's Zenic. You get his uh, whole backstory. Um, I mean, the way they do exposition in this is so much fun. And you have to do that with fantasy. And then they, they leave in these little bits for real fans. And they drop these names that you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. But you know fans of it get. Um, so I think they did a good job of fleshing out what was important to talk about. And what was just like, leave it on leave it on the floor for them to pick up if they get it. Yeah, I agree. I actually have written in my notes... This movie is good even if you aren't a Dungeons and Dragons person. Absolutely. Like, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I think this movie is hilarious. I love the world that they build. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you, like, I, it's you definitely don't have to have any prior knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons to thoroughly enjoy this exactly. movie. Exactly. Yeah. I think people that have Dungeons and Dragons experience may get those little tiny right. little Easter eggs in there, but I don't think. It need, it's even necessary. No, I completely agree. This movie is great. And that's a own. that's a tip of the cap to the writers because the way that they're able to... I mean, Dungeons & Dragons is massive. The world yeah. that they have is fucking insane, right? So to take a chunk of that and boil it down so like an average person like you and I who has no experience with this can still have fun and understand what's going on right. is great. And they don't explain jack shit about like the characters. You know what I mean? They're just like, this is Holga. And then they're like, oh, and this is our leader. And then this is a magician or a sorcerer or whatever the <laughs> fuck he is. And then we have a wild shape. And you're like, you get what these characters are so quick. And yeah. they have to spend any time explaining their backstory or their lore to get you to understand who they are. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, oh, I know a wild shape. Let's go find her. And they're like, cool. Yeah. They don't explain anything. You yeah. know what I mean? You just find a girl who's a horse and then she turns into an owl bear and then she turns back into a person. <laughs> but you know then by I mean? then you know you know what an what a That's what I'm saying, right? Shape is. It nails it. It fucking nails it. It <laughs> does a great to job. They explain it. They just show you. Exactly. Show don't tell. They literally showed us in every possible way. And I also think that helped with the comedy too because the they didn't have to take time to explain anything so the pacing is really good. Yeah. And they just have joke after joke after joke after joke and it all lands so perfectly. Mm-hmm. The humor in this movie is just it's gold. It's top notch. It's so this it's movie right is up my so alley. funny. Yeah, it really is. One of the <laughs> funniest fantasy movies because it blends the, this like action and adventure aspect with the comedy so well but never lets you forget that they're having like an adventure. You know what I mean? Right. They're like, haha, we're having fun, we're having fun, but we need to get the helmet. And then they just go off to get the helmet, but they have fun and jokes while they're doing it. Right. And even in like the serious, intense moments, it's still funny. You know what I mean? Like they never like let you forget, okay, we're having fun here. Like don't take it too seriously. Right. It's a fantasy action comedy. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think <laughs> to blend those three things together so well yes. is a, a real mark on the director's and the writers, and even the actors themselves. And I think this whole cast had fucking excellent, excellent chemistry with each yes. other. I think the casting for this movie is fantastic. It's fantastic, absolutely. First off, Chris Pine as Ed. Yep. He's so charismatic. He's so funny. You just feel for him. Yeah. The entire movie. Like, even though, like, and most of the, a lot of the movie, he's, he's kind of a little bit in the wrong. Yeah. He's, he's very selfish guy. in the sense that he's like trying to bring back his dead wife and is willing to risk anything everything. and everything to get that. Yes. But he's just 
There's something about that face. It's his face and the way he talks and the way he carries himself. Yes. He's got so full of like the life charisma. and charisma. And when they're talking about Jonathan and he's like, can we table this for Jonathan? Yes. It's the way. It's timing. It's the timing and his delivery and the way he like just talks, his cadence even, <laughs> is so endearing that you're like, oh, you can't help but like this guy. Even if he can be a bit of an asshole occasionally. You yeah. know what I mean? But um, I think you, I think what this movie does well, and this is another thing I've written down, is because of that, like all of the characters are so fleshed out that it like this tired trope of like, oh, we got to go on an adventure and we're a whole group of people. These characters are so distinctly different from each other yes. that they play off of each other so well. None of these characters share any of the same fucking qualities, essentially. No. They're all their own person with their own personalities and none of them overlap. And so when you get them together... It's just it's just a match made in heaven. Yeah. Holga, the actress that plays her, Michelle Rodriguez, mm. every single role she plays, she's just such a freaking badass. So what else is she's Fast she's and the Furious, so correct? Cool. I think she's in Fast and the Furious. She's also in Avatar. She's one of the pilots that turns against In the original the main one? captain. Yes, in the original one. Huh. You don't remember? No. She's I believe one. you. I just genuinely don't she remember. She literally her like movie. steals her plane. And goes to the Avatar's side. I have a bone to pick with Michelle starts... Rodriguez. So I think that's why I've kind of blocked her out of my head. Because she said Marvel movies are ruining film. Uh, my whole thing is, she all she does is like Fast and the Furious and Avatar and Dungeons and Dragons. Which are all things that would fall into the same category as like a Marvel movie. They're all fucking fake fantasy bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, she's just a badass. And in this movie... She's also so funny, but in a different way than Chris Pine. Absolutely in a different way. She's more of a Drax character. Yes. Where, like, she's just the brute Dra- and she doesn't Drax give a shit. Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in case you like haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy or listened to our <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy episodes. She's just, yeah, she's just a brute. And it's, like, her humor comes from, like, her, like, just, like, she's so blunt. Yes. It's just, like, the bluntness of her remarks. And then when we were watching this movie, you did say... Something about Doric. That you Sophie Lillis? Yes. Yes. That you didn't think Sophia Lillis' character or she. No, I don't think the say? actress was used. She wasn't enough. used enough. Yeah. She's just like, okay, go be like the voice of reason and then turn into an animal. And to me, it's just like she has such a better acting ability than to just continually shapeshift her into a CGI monster. But I think she's not necessarily a main main character no i i agree with you she's not like super important she's not not super important this is going to get into a question i'm asking you later actually but uh i think they could have cast someone else in that role because sophie lillis is and this is weird i'm going to say this but i feel like she's too good for the role she was given and i feel like they could have used someone else who's, who's not like as like i feel like she has real star power and i feel like they're just like yeah give her like six lines and then have her change into a owl bear for the rest of the movie she wasn't. You're being a bit dramatic. She was not an owl bear for very much. No, time. no, no. But if she's not an owl bear, she's in the background of the movie. You know what I mean? I she's do, always behind everybody. I do have to say though, like if you look at like, she's tiny, she's adorable, she's very like her, just like her appearance is very like whimsical. I think she, I think physically, she's very good casting for this. I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying her ability is better than the part she was given. I think this could have gone to like Sadie Sink. Well, who now you're downgrading Sadie Sink. Who is okay? good, but I feel like because she's I, okay with being an off-screen character. We can argue about Sadie Sink may be a better actor than <laughs> Sophia. We could argue this point, okay? 
Um, and then Justice Smith, mm-hmm. Simon. He's a f- funny guy. Every movie he's in, I am like, I forget how much I actually like him until he starts yeah. talking. But also in this movie, like, so he's pathetic funny. Yeah. You have like the different, you have like charismatic funny, blunt brute funny, pathetic funny. Yeah. And Sophie Lewis is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, she's more funny. like sassy funny. Yeah. 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 She's definitely, she, she's definitely <laughs> sassy. And it can come off more as like mean yeah, than it is funny. But I think her dynamic with Justice Smith is fantastic because he's so self deprecating. She's like, yeah. "Yeah, dude, you're right." Like, I'm just, I'm just a sympathetic loser, and she's like, "Yeah, no, you are." And he's like, "Oh, okay." You know what I mean? So they kind of play off each other well. Yeah. But every time I see Justice Smith, I forget how funny he is, and I forget how much I like him. He's in Detective Pikachu. He's in Sharper. He's in this, and he's in a new movie coming out called uh, The Magical Society or The Society of Magical Negroes. Yeah. And. Every time I see his name, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget he exists. But then I see him, and I'm like, how the fuck do I forget this kid exists? He's hilarious. Yeah. He's so good in everything. <laughs> and you got Hugh Grant on top of that. Like, Hugh yeah. Grant's also in this, and he is a huge dick in real life, so him playing this character <laughs> is great. He's so good at this role, because I feel like he's not actually acting. I feel like he would just do this right, shit in real life. Just him. <laughs> yeah, it's just him. So, yeah, I think that I think this, sta- this cast is absolutely stacked. Uh-huh. And actually talking about Forge, or about... Hugh Grant, I want to bring up Forge, the perfect villain. Yeah. In my opinion, he's one of the perfect villains. He is exactly what you want a villain. He is a scaredy cat who's willing to latch on to the most vulnerable pieces of people and use that against them. Uh, with Ed, he basically kidnaps and brainwashes Ed's daughter against him and then is smug and an asshole and just like, I'm so much better than all of you because you're peasants to me. And then he's also <laughs> stealing from people. Like, he's, he's stealing from right. all of these rich people so he can just, like, make a getaway and sacrifice them all to be an undead army for this Thane god. Like, what the also, fuck? he played the long game He for played this the long mom. game, yeah. He literally became Lord of Neverwinter and was Lord of Neverwinter for two years while he schemed to bring back mm-hmm. this High Noon games. I think that's what they're called. High Noon, yes. Yeah, and then... Get all these other lords to come and bring all their treasure. And it was his plan all along that he was going to quadruple his loot and escape. And peace out. And just take Kira <laughs> with him and be like, okay, the, the city's yours. Do whatever you want to yeah. just stay in people. Like the long game on that one. Yeah. And it's like the, the he's real into the con. And I respect that. You know what I mean? So the villain, like he's cowardly, but he's dastardly. He's willing to do whatever it takes. And so for me... I feel like this is one of the perfect villains because I do love me a Thanos type villain that is capable of going out there and just bludgeoning someone to death if they need to. You know what right. I mean? But I love a cowardly villain that has to hide behind others because they know they can't do it on their own and they're backstabby. And I think his contrast to Ed and everything they both stand for, it's just like, how, like it's perfect. How would these two ever have been friends? So that's how you know Forge is such like a great deceptor. You know right. what I mean? They, they would never have been friends had he known anything about Forge. But would you say that Forge is the main villain? Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely he's not. He's like a side villain. Yeah. And well, this is actually another he's actually, question. He's actually the more public face of the behind-the-scenes yeah. villain. Yeah. He is the, he's the fall guy, essentially. Like, people see him and they're like, oh, we like him. But then when they realize what's happening, they're going to be like, oh, fuck him. But he doesn't care because he's leaving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that leads into the question I'm going to ask you later. I do think that him not being the main villain is a good choice because he's a good, like, 
con man. He's a good cover for the operation. Yeah. But I do wonder how fleshed out the whole Thayan god thing is. Uh-huh. Because we only get to see that... I don't remember the person's name, but the Thayan person who's like trying to build that army of doom. You know what I mean? Well, Sophina so or the bigger one? The bigger one that Sophina's like working for. God, what... Saz-tam? Saz-tam? Saz-tam. Let's say Saz-tam. Well, he's mentioned twice, and we only see him once. Yeah. And it's like a ghostly apparition of him. And then we don't see from him again or hear from him again. Yeah. And so I know there is there is a bigger bad. Awesome. I like that. But he doesn't really do anything at all. And Sophina's just like working for him. So Sophina is like the big bad. But then there's another big bad. Yeah, and it just say, doesn't work. Say, it just... It's like a pyramid of big bads, and I just don't, I don't, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Forge is the, is the face for Sophina, who's the face for Sastam. Right, exactly. And it's like, it's like the higher we get up, the less we see these people. You know what I mean? So I think of, and this might be, I might be the only one who does this. I don't know if you, how you feel about it, but I look as, at, I look at it as Forge is the main villain, uh-huh. because we see him, and he's actually doing things, you know what I mean? And Tam's just like... Hey, don't let them don't don't be sad to be a Thayan, and don't you forget the plan. And Sophina's like, I won't forget it. And then he's just gone. <laughs> he's just done. And I feel like it's such a wasted main villain. Uh-huh. But you have to have someone big bad because how else do you stop? How else do you get forged in the position he's in? And two, how would it be hard to stop him? They literally stopped him in like five minutes. All right. they needed to do was get alone with him, and they were like, dude, we'll just drown you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They hit him in the face with a potato, and he crumbles like a paper man, and he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a big bad. So you have to have someone. But I feel like he's the face of the evil, and so I look at him, and I'm like, that's the big bad. Huh. Yeah. Only because I don't think it's like a Lord Voldemort situation here, unless we get like six more movies, and Saz Tam shows up in all of them. See, I think Sophina, Sofrina is so creepy looking that my mind just goes to her being the big bad. Oh, she is creepy. She's creepy. Yeah, she is. She's disgusting looking. She's freaky, (laughs) freaky deaky. Especially that scene where she has them like frozen in time and it's towards the end of the movie and she like, her face starts to change into this like decaying, rotting, featureless like blob. Uh And actually Kira ends up saying the day, which was saving the day, which was great. But the way she like slowly goes from this already very ugly woman to like this decaying rotting corpse in front of you as she's walking towards Chris Pratt or Chris Pine, Jesus, is <laughs> remarkable. And I thought it looked great and creepy and I was like, that is perfect. Yep. I think I think the effects in this were fantastic. I most, really do. Most of them. What was can I can I ask you? I want to ask you, was there sp- what specific point were you like, okay, this this isn't this doesn't look good? Because there's one specific scene where I was like, this this looks rough. There's there's a couple scenes in here where they use animatronics okay like one is when the tentacles wrap come up out of the that was floor. cgi i don't think it was it looked very cgi to me oh when they're trying to get when um we haven't even talked about this guy zenic zenic when he goes up to the fish yeah and gets the big oh yeah fish to spit out the little cat baby cat baby I think those are animatronics. They are, yes. And the 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 fish, the cat baby, and the cat mom mommy look, look bad. So, I agree They're with like moving. Like the robots. cat baby was tough. When they pulled the cat baby out, I was like, that looks awful. 
Yeah. Uh, that's one of the scenes I was thinking of when I was like, okay, the animatronics are not working here. They look uh-huh. rough. The fish wasn't so bad to me only because... It was the fish was so huge that I was like, "Congratulations to whoever was able to paper mache that!" Like it, it, that looks great. I could not do any better. I feel like I could do better on the cat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the mom cat, that also looked tough. I agree with you on that. It was it was rough, and I was like, "This isn't a good look." But the reason I think that works is because I feel like in a fantasy movie like this, I'm willing to give a pass if you're willing to have like a no shortcut. We're going to animatronic these people. Uh, the Jonathan costume upon the second watch, like this watch. Looks a lot worse than I remember, but I appreciate <laughs> that look. I appreciate how it does. It's not CGI. I'd rather have it look mediocre and have an animatronic than have it look mediocre and be CGI. Because at yeah. least someone got in there with their hands and was like, "Let's try to make this work." And I'm not downplaying CGI or uh, VFX, anything like that. It can be done well if you're willing to shell out good money for it. And I feel like if you're going to shell out good money, use practical effects. And that's why I actually liked. The way Jonathan looked. I do. I think it makes the fantasy more real for me. Uh-huh. Now, the scene I was talking about was when Jonathan and them fall out of the window. Holy shit, that looked rough. When they hit the side of the building and they're, like, scaling down it, I was like, that's awful. That looks terrible. Fly, bird, fly. Fly, bird, yeah. And then another uh, section that I saw that I was like, ooh, that's tough, is they're trying to, right before the high sun games, the high noon games, whatever the fuck they're called, uh, there's a camera, uh, there's an angle where it comes from like uh, just a random gate and it comes up over the top of the stadium and into the stadium, it straight up looked like I was watching a PS2 game. <laughs> like it looked rough, man. But it didn't take me out. Like it, it, it didn't take me out. And that's like our conversation on The School for Good and Evil. The VFX, if it's really horrendous and I know this is a big budget thing, that does affect it. But for the most part, it really I don't really care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for this, I'm, I, I am not all that upset by the effects, even if they're not good. Even the cat, which was bad. bad. <laughs> which was bad, dude. That cat looked rough. But yeah, I think the effects held up. Loved the landscape shots. Yes, we talked about I this. I literally <laughs> was just about to say, I loved the set design. Yeah. So we, pretty. I mentioned this because we try not to talk about these during the movie or after the movie, but I was like, I love the trope in fantasy movies where it's just like a sweeping shot of them walking across like land. An and that's it's just like, that's it. greeny hills. Yeah. Like what we're looking at it right now. They're lit. That's literally the shot I was thinking of in my head. That's crazy. That's literally the shot. They're on horses and they're just the camera's just There's following like behind them. It's in great. New Zealand or something in the I don't know where they shot rolling it. green mountains. Yeah. And I, I do I do love that those epic shots. They look fucking great. And the little mountain towns and the little cottages. Yeah, I love so I cute. love the design of like the tiny towns. And it makes me feel like it goes back, I mean, to even our Lord of the Rings discussion. I think it, what makes a fantasy movie so good is when you go into these tiny little villages of the characters and where they live, and it feels quaint and small and distant from anywhere else, and, like, yeah. they have to rely on each other. I love that vibe in a fantasy movie, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's one thing I, I... And this is not a knock on the Harry Potter movies. I am a huge fan of the Harry Potter movies. But they're just, like, cities. They're just, like, towns. When they go into town, no, no, it's like just... No, not, Hogsmeade. No, when they go into towns, it's just, like... Yeah, this is like a small little town you'd see anywhere in America. You know what I mean? You could go into any state and be like, yeah, there's just a strip down that way that looks a little like that. You know what I mean? It's like coffee shop, beer shop, bookshop, wand shop. Nothing no, wrong with that. That is beautiful. I but I love in a fantasy movie when they're like, yeah, there's six people that live here and their houses are like 
mushrooms, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just love that. You can that tell feel that they farm the landscape. Yeah. They all have yeah. little gardens. I know we're talking two very, very different <laughs> genre of fantasy. You know what I mean? But still, I mean, you can't help but compare the also, two. Also, while this scene is happening, because we're watching the movie while we talk, um, Bradley Cooper Jump scare. made a little <laughs> surprise appearance in this. And they somehow made him two feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. Like, he's literally a tiny much kid. And he also just looks... I don't know what they did to his hair and his facial hair in this, but he looks... He does not look like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> he looks weird. He looks like a baby. He looks super young. He looks like he's in his early 20s Yes. Here, and he is not in his 20s. I don't know what voodoo magic they did for they this. They probably just used some de-aging <laughs> shit. And all they did was part his hair in the middle. You know what I mean? They just gave him a bowl cut and parted it in the middle. That's yeah. it. I only have one last thing to ask you. This movie is two hours and 13 minutes. Yeah. And I want to know, at any point did you feel the runtime? Were you like, okay, why is this so long? Could we have cut this here, this hair, this there? See, I don't think this is a fair question. Why? <laughs> because we watched it. After a long day of work, when mm. I'm tired, when you're tired, and so it does. You start to feel it because you're you tired. Start you start to feel because I'm tired. I'm falling asleep. Yeah. I'm comfy. We just had dinner. It's it's late. I gotta be up early. Late for us. It was like seven thirty when we started. <laughs> That's late for us. That is late. It is because it'd be done at like nine thirty, nine forty, and it'd be like okay, well, I'm fucking beat. You know what I mean? Right. So if I watch this on a, a Saturday. No, I don't think I don't think it would feel like too long of a movie. Mm-hmm. Watching on a work night, maybe a little bit too long. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I was I was gonna say the same thing. You took the words right out of my mouth. When we were at the theater, I was like, I wish there was more. Oh yeah, I, you, I didn't feel the two hour runtime at all. And they had a little press thing before the movie where they were they had the cast and crew obviously not there, but like they were being recorded and they were talking before the movie. And they talked about how they did a whole D and D campaign together before they did the movie and all this stuff. And that, even after that, when the movie started and then the movie went through and it ended, I was sitting there and I was like, I want more. Give me more. But here at home, I was like, God damn, there's still 47 minutes left. <laughs> but it's because we were just But it's because we were so tired. Yeah. And I was going to ask if you thought that played a role in it, but you already beat me to the punch, man. You knew exactly what was coming. <laughs> so do you have anything else in your notes? Or are you? I good don't. Go? I am so excited to get into my favorite part. All right. Let's do it, baby. Introduce us to the new section. We're going to rate this movie. We're going to see what the Letterbox community has rated it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read some reviews. Hell yeah, let's do it. When we hear the gong, we jump in. Into this thing. You want to end up like that guy? We'll only be inside for a few seconds. Well, if we're all inside, who's going to pull us out? I will, trust me. Always. Hold. I'm going to give Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, plural, there. I'm not going to fuck that up again. Uh, I'm going to give it four dungeons. Four dungeons. Four out of five. I think it is a brilliant comedy that never lets you forget it is a fantasy movie and introduces you and immerses you into their world so seamlessly, and all it did was make me want more. The only knocks I can really have on it were in this latest rewatch. I was like, this might be a little too long. Yeah. And... I do feel like 
even though I didn't, I, I don't blame the movie for not explaining everything. I do feel like I miss so much stuff, and that's on me. You know what I mean? But I, it's just like I felt a little alienated at certain parts. Yeah. Like I don't get what they're talking about, and they throw things out there so fucking fast that you can't ever really pick up on it. Um, on some of the things they're talking about. So I'm gonna give it four out of five. I mean, I think that's a pretty damn good score. I mean, this movie's this movie's good. I really like this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna give this movie three and a half stars. Three and a half. So you see, you're, people think I'm the hardball, but it's you. You're the tough nut to crack, not me. Yeah, I do. I enjoy this movie. I think this yeah. movie is super funny. It does drag a little bit. Again, because of the latest rewatch. Neither of us felt that way when we first watched it. Right. It definitely is the environment we watched it in. Dimmed lights, right after dinner, snuggles from dogs. We're comfortable and we're like, oh, I'm so tired from working yeah. all day. And so, you know, I think that factors into it. But I completely agree with you. I do think this rewatch was like a little too long. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I don't feel like I, I'm looking at movies that I've given four stars and I don't think this movie is quite to par. Yeah. That's why it's not getting four. Perfect. Um, I don't think, and I want to mention this because I know sometimes you have a hard time saying why you don't like something. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting thing to talk about. We can have another podcast on that. Oh my Do a God. whole podcast. <laughs> this is, that joke's going to be run into the ground by the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, but I feel people shouldn't have to defend why they don't like something. Sometimes it's just a vibe. Sometimes it's just an energy. Sometimes right. you just look at a list and you're like, I didn't like it quite as much as this movie. So I'm going to give it a little less of a grade. That's perfectly a valid reason. That is a valid reason. Right. And it's not that I don't like this movie. I really right, like right. this movie. This movie is good. This movie is not gr- fantastic. You're also a very optimistic person and a very nice person. So when you watch something, you're always trying to find the good yeah. in that. And so I don't think you inherently are like trying to find things to pick apart. Whereas I, on the other hand, <laughs> start everything at a five and start picking away to be like, okay, why is this not getting a five? You know what right. I mean? So I, I just want to let, uh, I just want to have that little. I just want to have that little sidebar. That real little quick. spiel. Yeah, because I don't think you need to defend yourself if you don't think something's like a perfect movie. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I love this part. What do you think this movie has from the Letterboxd community? So I know when it came out, it was really well liked, but everything on Letterboxd, I feel like, sees a day where people start to turn on it and drag it down. Uh, I know that happened with It Chapter 1, which breaks my heart, because when I first logged on to Letterboxd, it was like a 3.7, and now it's like a 3.4, because people just start, they just turn on movies for some reason, and I don't know why, and I feel like maybe we've reached that point with this movie, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably a 3.3. It's a 3.5. Hey, all right, look at that, you're right on par with it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That is a fair grade. I accept that. I like that. That's a fair grade. The moment we've all been waiting for. Mm. Or the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> I'm going to read some reviews. There you go. Let's do it. Okay. This one from Cin- is from Cinema Joe. Oh, no shit. He gave this movie three and a half stars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said, maybe the surprise of the month. It wasn't that I doubted Pine and Company or even the writers, but a high fantasy comedy is a tough balancing act. Fortunately, it's successful on both fronts. Through its lovable cast, it generates some genuinely funny moments. Not quite game night level, but close. More importantly, it never loses a sight of the outrageous world they occupy. It's also strangely emotional. Unexpected, but very much welcomed. Its fatal flaw is that it's bogged down with a lot of exposition, attempting to give us a backstory of almost every character, item, or fantastical race, which ultimately stifles a lot of the momentum. 
That being said, they introduced so many fun and interesting characters and lands. I'd gladly visit this world a couple more times. So I need to just say that the Game Night reference is because the writers who wrote this wrote Game Night. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why. Because I was like, I don't know if people are going to... I didn't get, get it. <laughs> yeah, the writers of this wrote uh, Game Night, which is another comedy starring Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, and Jesse Plemons. That's a good mm-hmm. movie as well. This is better in my opinion. Um, but I agree that the balance... We talked about this. The balancing, act, the balancing act between fantasy and comedy is so fine uh-huh. and they did such a good job of that where he i also agree is actually the exposition i agree that there's a lot of exposition i disagree however that it gets bogged down in it i yeah. think i think it can be exposition heavy which is a little obnoxious but we only get exposition of the things that we absolutely need to have exposition on and it's done in such a fun way all the the flashbacks that we get are done so differently than just being like let's cut back to this it is set up in such a different way that it really just sucks you in and yeah. i appreciated the flashbacks yeah what else we got all right, this one is from Adam. He gave it four stars. Hell yeah. He said, whoever casted this deserves a raise. <laughs> Especially whoever decided having Chris Pine as a max charisma loot player was a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is. The man <laughs> operates on max charisma always. <laughs> I agree with that. The casting in this, like we talked about, like you brought yeah. up, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic underutilized at some points but fantastic right i don't think i would like this movie as much if it had different people playing these characters i would be very curious to see how it plays out yeah. how what people would bring to the table differently yeah but i really do think they nailed it i really do especially i, I have to say i think the perfect casting chris pine and justice smith uh-huh. perfectly cast for their characters and also michelle rodriguez michelle rodriguez yeah she's just i mean i don't think it's perfect but she's great all right next here from, we go. from Dirk H. He gave it four stars as well. He said, Sometimes in a film, everything just clicks. And when no one expects it to happen, it's all the more satisfying to watch it unfold on screen. Plot, casting, direction, everything just blends together in this lovely slice of action and adventure that doesn't pretend to be anything else than it is. Furthermore, it has its tongue firmly planted in its cheek throughout. Something which only works if you understand and respect your source. Something the writer, writers, directors clearly do. The only thing that distracted a bit were the uneven visuals. Great in some sequences, feeling outdated in others. But hey, who cares? I laughed, laughed some more, and when I was done laughing, I was smiling. It's just great fun, and I really hope this team gets together again to make another one. I would love to watch a sequel to this. I'd watch like three or four sequels to this. I hope they uh-huh. never stop making them. I don't give a shit. hope this turns into a whole MCU thing. Uh, I also agree that about the visuals. Yes. We talked about that. It's it's just, you know, it's 50-50 sometimes. I think (laughs) the good outweighs the bad, but there are some bad parts in there. Absolutely. All right. Also, the tongue-in-cheek thing. I'm sorry to cut you off, but the tongue-in-cheek thing uh, about, because it respects its source material. That's something I missed because I don't know the source material that well. I don't know anything about it. So I feel like I am missing part of that tongue-in-cheek. I'm sure people were laughing at stuff that we didn't get. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I do have to always try and find some negative reviews. Hell yeah, you do. So this... We're balanced Um, on this show. So Ian Curran gave this two stars. He said, Deep fantasy isn't my cup of tea, so take everything I say with a bucket of salt. Dungeons and Dragons isn't bad. Daly and Goldstein are too talented to let that happen. But it never finds an interesting gear. It just steers towards the middle of the road and finds its lane as an unremarkable family adventure movie. I expected far more from the team that gave us Game Night, one of the best comedies of the last decade. 
But even the humor was humdrum, like it had been market tested within an inch of its life. It's a pity because most of the cast were rather charming. I disagree, Ian <laughs> I think uh, I think the whole humor market tested thing, I get what they're saying. I disagree. Uh, but they don't really take any risks with the movie. I agree. But they didn't need to take risks with the movie. I feel like if you're the first movie in a franchise, potentially, and you're something so beloved as Dungeons & Dragons is to the Dungeons & Dragons community, you kind of want to stay faithful to it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with staring towards the middle of the road if you if you nail a comedy. Also, I don't know why... It's not just this person. I don't mean to, like... Th- this person <laughs> is not the only person who says this, but Game Night was, like, an okay... It was fine. Like, I would probably give it three, three and a half stars. But to say it's the one of the best comedies, I've been seeing that all over the place recently. I don't know yeah. what the fuck is going on in my life, but I keep seeing um, people talking about the game. Did like, I see or Game Night? Night? No, you didn't watch it. I watched okay. it earlier. Uh, people talking about Game Night, and I just feel like, yeah. I mean, it's it's fine, but I do not think it's one of the best comedies of the last decade, and I do not think it's funnier than this movie. Yeah. Maybe um, it's my sense of humor, you know what I mean? I like dumb... <laughs> bullshit like this but if it, it's written by the same people so right all right one more one more let's do for it. shits and giggles let's all right it. this review is from giaba okay they gave it three and a half stars okay and said it would be really cool if there was a game like this <laughs> <laughs> got some news for you no that's hilarious i love when people write shit like that on letterboxd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many comments does that have i don't can you see comments oh ten Oh, that's it? Wow, I thought I'd have way more than that. I bet I thought people might take it seriously and be like, oh my god, there is. No, Ted Collins. Could you imagine? <laughs> All right, so now for my favorite section, yeah. I'm going to ask you some questions. You ready? You're on the hot seat. Yeah. So the first question I'm coming out of the gate with is which ragtag group of friends do you like more? Okay. Dungeons and Dragons or Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy. Why? Wow, you didn't even fucking hesitate. <laughs> Why Guardians of the Galaxy? Because... Is it because you spend more time with them? It could be because you spend more Maybe. time with them. We've watched those movies a lot. But I also just... I love Rocket. Mm-hmm. I love Groot. <laughs> I love lines Drax. Yeah. So, Fair I don't enough. know. Okay. Just Guardians I yeah. also say Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> okay, but you yeah. just didn't even hesitate, dog. You didn't hesitate. <laughs> I, I do think it's maybe because we spend more time with them. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they've been in like 12 movies together. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So. The next question I have for you is, if you had to delete any of the following characters from the movie, which one character would it be? Doric, Xenic, or Serena? Xenic. Yeah, okay, word, me too. Yeah. As much as the guff I give Doric, Xenic is not necessary in not any way. All. The motherfucker who plays him is in Bridgerton, that guy... He's on the cover of the fucking movie. Yeah. My guy's in six total minutes, yeah, dude. I what th- are you I, doing here? I think he's more in it just to be like the... Ooh. Yeah, he is, absolutely. <laughs> and the way everyone like reacts to him, and it's very Thor versus Chris Pratt, or uh, Star-Lord, yeah. uh, when uh, Thor joins the Guardians for a little bit, and he's like, oh, you're yeah, you're the captain of the ship, wink, wink. That's what Xenic <laughs> was doing. He's like, yeah, I'm sure you're a real good guy. Yeah. And I just... It's so unnecessary. They could have filled that plot with anything else. We're just got rid of it completely. He didn't need to be in it at all. (laughs) He didn't need to be in it at all. Which of these women is more badass? Brienne of Tarth or Holga? I knew this one was going to be tough. (laughs) You're doing you dummy dirty. I'm doing you dirty because you love both of these women. I do. Oh, I don't know. I can't choose. I'm going to go ahead and say Brienne of Tarth. 
don't know. And the reason I say Brantarth <laughs> is because uh, even though it is fantasy, she's just a regular old woman with a sword and way lower expectations because everyone's like, you're a woman, you can't that do anything. True. And so it's even more badass. Whereas in this world, they're like, yeah, Holga beats people up all the time. People know who Holga is. Women are like warriors here and everyone respects that. Brianna Trath has to like carve her own path. Yeah. Although I think Holga throwing people across the room with like two fingers is way more impressive than yeah. Brianna's has done. I think Brianna's has a harder path to walk. That's true. And gets it done Better than most people. Right. And so I say Bram Trath. She's gotten there strictly on her own sheer will. Yes. And she and remember, they didn't even know she's a woman uh, at first until she took her, yeah. her helmet off. And they're like, oh my God, it's a woman. So you're about to get into a fight. Oh. Okay? You're going to get into a bar fight. <laughs> you have to have one of these people on your side to help clean house. Is it going to be Drax or Holga? Holga. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Pers- I think Drax is probably stronger but Holga's not gonna get distracted by a bag of chips no Holga's, exactly. Holga's gonna take out six people at once seven people at once quite honestly if she needs to and not be like oh no hold on hold on I gotta get my 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 skittles off the table right. whereas Drax would be like oh food and like gorge himself while fighting so I feel like <laughs> better chances would be Holga also like it would be like two badass chicks kicking ass that is true okay which beatdown was worse Doric slamming Sophina or Hulk smashing Loki? <laughs> They're both so funny. <laughs> They're both so funny. Like, in this one, like, just the way Doric, like, she, she smashes Zofrina a few times. So. It's so funny. And then they're like, oh, I think I think you got her. And she looks at them and then Sofrina starts to move. We're saying her name wrong every Dude, time. I know. We've said it like six different ways and I, I don't care to fix it. I don't care to fix Zo- it. Zofina starts to move. Zofina. <laughs> Seven different ways. And so, and then Doric turns back and smashes her about 25 more times. Like literally takes her and jams her sword and she gets into the ground. Like, so ra- like rapidly. Yeah. But the visual of... Hulk literally swinging looking right. around. Right. I don't know. You're asking me some difficult this questions. This is a good question. you got to give me an answer. What would it be? Hulk and Loki. I say Doric <laughs> only because I, I think Hulk and Loki is more iconic and I think it's more memeable because Hulk is just like hammering him side to side. But the reason I picked Doric is because that she literally stops. And they're like, yo, you got her. She's good. And then just her jackhammering her like 30 more times <laughs> into the ground is fucking great. And then she slashes her again. Like, it's just excellent. I was dying and watching this. Throws that scene. her into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, during that scene, it's so funny. I when they, um, when she throws Sophina or Zofina or Serena or Serena <laughs> uh, into the wall, you literally were like, oh, yeah, and started laughing. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, but that's it for my questions. So. Uh, that's it for the episode. We yeah. did the damn thing. We wrapped this up in under an hour. Let's fucking go. Kudos to us, man. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, if you want to continue to support us, you can follow us pretty much anywhere and share us with everybody and rate us everywhere. So please make sure to do all of that. And also uh, follow me on my socials because we I update everything on the podcast there. And you can click on the links down in the description. Never thought I'd say those words. In the info down there, you can click on that and you can check uh, check me out everywhere else. So with that said, uh, go watch a fucking fantasy. Movie.